Welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday morning. And I'm really excited to welcome back on the program the one and the only Brian Offenther, who's based in Shanghai. And we're going to be chatting about all things uh, music scene related uh, in the mainland. Welcome back on the program, Brian. Thank you so much for joining us. Shenian Kuala. Gonghe Fa Chai. Shenian Kuala. Yes, Noreen. Welcome. Great to talk to you today. Yes. Happy New Year. Thank you so much for, for joining our Hong Kong listeners. Now, I know you've had quite the adventure. Um, from your update uh, to, to me, you, you've just come back from Jiangxi province uh, from, from a DJ gig. You, you're often traveling uh, around China and, and trying uh, local food. So what can you share with our listeners this morning? Yeah, well, I just came back from my 36th city to DJ in, in China, and this was in Jiangxi province, and uh, this was kind of a small town called Shangrao, Shangrao, and Shangrao, yeah, I said that, right? and uh, it was a great experience. I, you know, it was kind of going a time warp for me in China, and because I've been kind of all around in big cities and small cities, but this particular place really reminded me of mainland China 10 years ago. Good ways and bad ways and just different ways. And, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and, and I ate some local food and I did some local tourist stuff. And I, of course, got a great time getting the locals to dance. So, uh, yeah, happy to tell you all about it. Yeah, and uh, Jiangxi, for some of our listeners, um, don't know it very well. I mean, I've, I've never been there before, uh, but but from my knowledge, yeah. it's uh, sort of uh, southeast um, uh, of China, and, and it's sort of uh, known for its yeah. uh, beautiful landscape, uh, um, uh, mountains, rivers, uh, uh, the, the Gan River Valley um, uh, also. So it's a mm-hmm. very picturesque um place um where the scenery is quite beautiful did did you because you were traveling to, to work did you see much of it yeah so i mean we're, we're kind of on vacation time here in mainland china you know it's a very big time of flux just because of course it's uh lunar new year it's chinese new year and it's the first lunar new year in a couple of years where people could travel internationally and especially <sighs> in an international city like shanghai a lot of people are leaving and going around and getting out for the first time in years. And even just other people with family in Hong Kong or family in other places around in Asia are visiting and everything. So uh, I'm, I'm, I, my schedule has been a little bit more open recently. So I kind of had a last-minute opportunity to my friend Alex, who's originally from Ukraine, and we went to go visit a friend in Shangro, which, uh, as you mentioned, is in southeast China. It's about two hours, 45 minutes southwest of Shanghai by train. So we kind of met this legendary Shanghai music figure there named Pepe or Xiao Punk, Little Punk, who used to be very active in music and is kind of retired from music. And we brought up the idea of doing a DJ performance there, and he contacted a local... Uh, pub there, um, Alex, and the name of the pub is uh, Banda Joba, half a dozen bar, Joba's bar, and so they're like, yeah, come DJ here, there's a lot of people there visiting their families in their hometown, so uh, scheduled a visit, and head down there, and had time to DJ, and I can talk about that, but did visit the scenery, you have kind of like a, a famous hiking area, which is San Qingshan. Uh, where they have the Yunbi Peak Forest Park. 
and very steep, steep climbing up the, the stairs there, but lots of great nature, clean air. It's a little chilly, but really nice. And I uh, got to visit uh, a Buddhist temple there high up in the mountains and uh, really see some great things. And uh, beyond just the temple, they had like a weird pagoda, which was labeled the Wonderful Wizard of Oz. And it said that on the map, and I was like, well, i got to go visit the wizard, the wonderful Wizard of Oz. I did and say I that. And to my, <laughs> yeah. And, and so, but the funny thing is, like, uh, I was talking to, to a friend um, in the States named Jocelyn, and Jocelyn was like, well, did you see the wizard? And I was like, clearly you have not seen the Wizard of Oz, because the whole point of the Wizard of Oz is that it's not the destination, it's the journey. There's no wizard, there's no man... Don't look at the man behind the curtain, because the wonderful Wizard of Oz is a fun name, but it's just a pagoda. It's just a nice place to visit. So you got to take a cool picture on the map, but there's really nothing particularly special about the wonderful Wizard of Oz. But the scenery there was fantastic, and uh, it was a great trip, great hiking. Brilliant. And I also read that, um, read that it's like the, the porcelain capital of China. Uh, were there a lot of people selling porcelains? Or did, did you see that a lot? Yeah, like uh, we, we went by kind of a tourist street kind of near where by the hotel was, and it was cool walking, and I got some spicy tofu street food, and they were selling some porcelain things, but nothing nothing too crazy. It was kind of a, a, a chill area. I still think because, you know, Chinese uh, New Year, a lot of people visiting families, and maybe they'd go out late nights for drinks, but the tourist areas weren't exactly popping, but... It, it, it reminded me, I, I brought up before, it reminded me of older China because, like, for example, we arrived at the train, I arrived at the train station, and, you know, they, there were some grimy things going on that you don't see too much anymore, but used to be very commonplace in mainland China. So I arrived at the uh, Changrao train station, and they had the, the taxis blockaded the taxi area. And what they do is they don't let the regular taxis through, so then they can don't have to charge you by the meter. So they um, try, especially me being uh, a Laowai, a foreign guy, they tried to gouge me for taxi prices. So I had to walk maybe half a mile out of the train station and then call a DB, the taxi service, in order to get a cab. So stuff like that is annoying, but there's also a lot of just... Uh, People excited to see foreign faces and one little kids scared to say hello to me and all that stuff is fine and I don't mind it and it's cool to go places where you know um, they don't see too many international people. Yeah, I'm sure it was great for for, for them to see you perform there. What was the crowd like then? Yeah. Um, I, I, you've never been there before. Um, what were some of there. what were some of their reactions then? What sorts of music did you play? This was a very much like a, a, a pub place. They had a, a small stage there, and um, it was a very kind of a rough place. And I'd say that was love. A lot of hard-drinking, small-town people. And, like, I started off playing some hip-hop and, and disco-type stuff. They really kind of wanted more, like, uh, country and country rock and real riff rock stuff. And I was happy to do that and... Um, kind of my specialty is taking those songs and be able to mix them DJ style. But we got people up and dancing and drinking 
and we were there late partying and um yeah the club owner really enjoyed it and was appreciative and that's it bought me a of, lot of drinks. So. That, that's kind of yeah, amazing, nice. Brian, because a lot of the times yeah. you prepare a set and you go to a place ready to play you know, some of the music you've prepared, but it sounds like a lot of the times you have to react to the crowd and just you know, um, play to them. And, and it seems like if they have their certain demands or, or, or certain way they want or certain music they want, you have to think on your feet, <laughs> quick on your feet even, and, and, and you know, have well, different it's a, it's music ready. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a conversation between you and the audience and feeling it out. And I try to communicate things and express things. But also, you know, I want to be the kind of DJ where I could literally go anywhere to DJ because I have a knowledge base and experience and the skill to um, really, really do that. And a lot of DJs don't necessarily have that. But like I said, this was my 36th. City, just in mainland China, and I've been in 28 countries, and I only have six provinces, one municipality, and two autonomous regions, and then I will have DJed every area in, in China, and uh, I hope to complete that this year. Wow, that sounds remarkable, and, and we're really happy that you're sharing your journey uh, w- with our listeners. So I know um, you also tried some local food. Um, what were some of your favorite yeah. <laughs> food that you tried? You, you're really adventurous. That's one thing I really admire uh, about you, Brian. You're always uh, respectful and, and up for trying local delicacies, which I, I got to say, sometimes um, it, it's not easy because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's different to, to, to what you might normally have so so what were some of the special dishes that you tried this time round? uh yeah i mean uh i'm always up for things and you know like it it this this when i say this it always kind of sounds morbid but i mean i probably the, the sheep's so brain last the time so <laughs> the sheep's brain oh, last yeah. time i i gotta say was um a, a little bit different that was special. i, I, I want to be respectful but i i gotta say it's it, yeah. it doesn't sound like a, a a regular saturday night dine out or but you know maybe it's very yummy no. i don't know but what did you try this time around that, yeah that was in yinchuan um in uh, ningxia uh so this time in Jiangxi is a little bit, little bit more classically tasty. I got a, uh, uh, went to a restaurant that had uh, um, more local food. And even though it's kind of a landlocked province, their really favorite thing is shrimp dumplings. And so that's tasty. Um, that, that's I had some shrimp dumplings. Yeah, yeah. This this was this one was easy. This was there was no eyeballs in this one. <laughs> Noreen, you would have had a great time eating the food this one at this place. And so. Um, and and just like um and just uh, noodle dishes with their local spices, where, where it's very fiery. It's not necessarily spicy, but there's uh I it, I really don't have the the vocabulary to say. It, but they they said it was very fiery and not spicy. And after eating tasting it, I kind of understood that. And shrimp dumplings, and it was all. Uh, I sent you some pictures that you can share on social media. Yeah. I think you might. You might. It and looks delicious, and the prices look really reasonable as well. If I'm not, I mean, um, if I'm not yeah. misreading some of yeah. it, um, it's lok yun yafan. So, uh, so it's six uh, yuan uh, for for one um, uh, 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 dish, if you like. Yeah. Wow, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I spent, I, I, 
I was feeling very generous. So I was with my, my buddy Alex Dragonball, who, who lived there and for years. Like I said, he was in Ukraine. And uh, his friend, Yuri, and I was feeling very, very generous. So I bought lunch for all three of us for a total <laughs> of 100 yen. That's brilliant. Um, and, and that was including drinks and multiple dishes and everything. So Good yeah. for you. Yes, it's always lovely to, to share your generosity. <laughs> um, speaking of sharing your yeah. generosity, you're, you're always very generous with your time and, and, and your knowledge. And I know this week um, you've also got some music prepared for our listeners. Um, three tracks. So w- what would you like to start with first? Well, um, we were talking a little bit on off-air uh about uh, Uncle Ray, who's a legend in Hong Kong, Absolutely. and uh, just yes. so part of the fabric. And whenever I think of RTHK, I think of Uncle Ray. And I could talk a lot about him, but uh, maybe we can start off listening to the song. Uh, one song there is by George Lam, and uh, who's a, a legend in Hong Kong. And I picked up this song of his, which is You Should Be Dancing. It's a cover of the Bee Gees track. Uh, on a Uncle Ray endorsed box set of Hong Kong music. Ah. And um, I discovered so much music through Uncle Ray. I had such a great time talking about music with uh, Hong Kong music legend Uncle Ray, who passed away, of course, recently here. And uh, I would love to pay tribute to him and play a song that I discovered through Uncle Ray. Brilliant, brilliant choice. And so here's George Lam with You Should Be Dancing. Bam on Radio 3 with You Should Be Dancing. And here's a track that Brian discovered on an Uncle Ray music box set. Um, let's talk a little bit about Uncle Ray, shall we? We've got a few minutes before the the news, Brian. I know he, he was very dear to you. And you even went on his program as well. What were some of your memories of Uncle Ray? Well, very quickly, uh, Hong Kong has, of course, the oldest continuous international Elvis fan club in the world. And I went to Hong Kong. I think it was my first visit there. They had a meeting there, and I just saw a promotion about this, and I was like, i got to check this out. And I went there, and uh, they were very, very welcoming to me. And the chairman of the Elvis Hong Kong fan club uh, for years and years and years was Uncle Ray. And people were kind of showing me uh, around there, and they pointed out people um, like Anders Nelson, who, who of course appears on RTHK, and they pointed out all sorts of different people there. Um, um, and they pointed out uh, Uncle Ray, and they're like, oh, yeah, he's kind of the, the, the really the, the guy who's led the, the Hong Kong music scene. And I was like, oh, that's nice, you know. And um, I went to a local store, and I really had low expectations for the music that I was checking out. I really had no idea. And I saw an Uncle Ray box set, this guy who I met at the, the fan club meeting, and I was blown away by the quality of music there. And I discovered Joe Jr., and I discovered just so much music, like that song from George Lamb. And um, the next time I was in Hong Kong uh, at an Elvis fan club thing, I, uh, I talked with uh, Uncle Ray some more. He was just so kind, and he shared stories about hanging out with the Beatles, and doing radio from the 50s on. And eventually he invited me on his radio show, which is a great honor. And one of the great honors of my life, just in music, as someone who's lived in Asia for a long time, is that 
I would show up and see Uncle Ray, and he would remember who I was without needing to be introduced, even though he's met a zillion people. He was already in his 90s at the time. And, You're hard uh, to forget, Brian. <laughs> You're hard to forget. Oh, I'm, I'm, I, I, <laughs> I'm sure he had a great conversation with you. And so, you know, he, he remembered you yeah. and, and your chat with him. Well, thank you. Yeah. But, yeah, what, what I just associate Hong Kong. And, you know, we live in a world now that I really try to cultivate and discover. Like I said, going on my recent trips and traveling, were places that are still not just being subsumed by the the monoculture around the world, the same pop music and the same clothing and the same lifestyles. And Uncle Ray kind of represents that for Hong Kong from, I think, 1949 on. He was something unique and special to Hong Kong. And yeah. Hong Kong is not the same Hong Kong as before. A lot of places aren't the same places. But he represents when Hong Kong had a very specific and its own unique culture. And in some ways... Brian, um, um, let, like let's continue anymore. this conversation yeah. just after the news. We, we've just got a break for the 10.30 news. Yeah. Let's continue if you can stay on a little bit and we'll continue to talk a little bit more about your tribute to Uncle Ray and also your, your most recent trip uh, to Jiangsu, uh, Jiangxi. A quick look at the weather forecast for yeah. today. Um, mainly cloudy, uh, cool with uh, dry, cool and dry with sunny intervals. Temperatures in urban areas will fall to around 13 degrees at night and a couple of degrees lower in the new territories. Two warnings at the moment. The red fire danger warning and the strong monsoon signal. It's 16 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is at 47%. It's 10.30, the news update with Barry O'Rourke. Firefighters have put out a blaze in a village in Tunwan. Around 100 people were evacuated from their homes after the fire broke out in Wanglung Tun just after 4 o'clock this morning. Two people were sent to Yan Chai Hospital for treatment. The fire was extinguished at around 7 o'clock. The International Criminal Court is resuming its investigation into the war on drugs waged by the former Philippine president, Rodrigo Duterte, which is believed to have killed thousands of people. The court said it wasn't satisfied that the Philippines had undertaken relevant investigations. And U.S. authorities have charged five black former police officers with the murder of a black man in Memphis, Tennessee. Tyree Nichols died three days after he was stopped for an alleged traffic violation. Lawyers say he was kicked, punched and tasered close to his home. The officers were fired last week. We'll have more news at 11 o'clock. Right, welcome back to Brunch. We're joined by Brian Offenther, who's based in Shanghai. And just before the news, um, he was sharing a little bit more about his tribute to Uncle Ray. And Brian, you're absolutely right. Um, he really was an, an, an institution and really represented um, so much of, of Hong Kong and this can-do spirit. And uh, he was also amazing with, with, you know, with, with young people, with the younger colleagues as well. Um, he was never too busy to, to stand around uh, to, to chat. Um, I also had the great honor to, to interview Uncle Ray for his 90th uh, birthday in, in 2014. And, and that was really amazing. And I think people hear, you know, uh, Uncle Ray, um, uh, stories of Uncle Ray and also um, Uncle Ray on air. And, and when you chat with him and when you hear his interviews, um, he is actually a, a very cheeky and hilarious gentleman. He's very mm -hmm. funny. Um, he loves to crack jokes. And, and he's, his memory uh, was really super 
shop, he was able to recall uh, details and, and sort of take you back to his era. Um, I remember one the time when he talked about um, his, his work in Stanley Prison as a warden. He took you back and, uh, when, when, you know, during mm-hmm. the war when, when he left Hong Kong to Macau, he was able to take us back to the experiences that he had um, also. Um, yeah, he, he was really missed. So, so what other stories um, do, do you have of Uncle Ray that you can share with our listeners this morning? Oh, well, speaking of the prisons, one of his favorite things you talk about, and there's something sad and beautiful about it, but he always said that, you know, you had spent time as a prison warden, you mentioned that, and then some of his most loyal listeners were in the prisons, and he would, that that was kind of their lifeline, and, you know, they did, perhaps they did wrong, and they they were in prison for, some of them, for decades and decades, but Uncle Ray would give them hope for the future, even if they were never leaving prisons. And he talked very fondly about that. So I think that's very interesting. I mean, obviously, his, his, his signature song um, was Proud Mary. And he would come out and he would sing the song, which was fantastic. And it was really just seeing people who are, are even now... Um, even now older, but he had guided them throughout their entire careers because he produced music, he promoted their shows. He was just kind of a guide for so long in Hong Kong music. And just seeing the kind of respect that he garnered through his dedication, I just think was just overall a very beautiful thing. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Brian, for, for your sharing. So you, you also uh, sent over a couple of other songs um, for our listeners this morning. Uh, we heard George Lamb just now. Um, which other song would you like to share w- w- with our audience today? So, sure. So, uh, you know, I, you know, I think uh, my appearances have changed uh, in the character, but, but I think the original idea was sharing mainland China music and culture and uh, one, one area that we haven't touched upon, because I really like to touch on some bits that don't necessarily get attention or not expected, is surf music in China. And of course, uh, surf music goes back to the late 50s and early 60s with groups like Dick Dale on guitar, and then Beach Boys with California Harmonies. But China um, does have a surf music community. In fact, We're going to be promoting a show for surf music here in Shanghai and in Hangzhou uh, in March. And one of the uh, groups is based out of Xiamen, and it's the Coastal Surf Club. And they do uh, almost all instrumental music, and it's really interesting. And, And China does have beaches, and it has open air and kind of the sound for that. And it's instrumental music, so it would be really appreciated everywhere. So I send um, you a song. The translation is uh, a little bit t- difficult, but the name of the song in Mandarin is Qingduan Da Xingle, which is like a, the, a big love break. But break is also a pun for like the break in the surf. Oh. And so this is, like I said, uh, the China Surf Club, it's a group out of Xiamen, and uh, why don't we listen to one of their songs? Okay, let's have a listen.
and that was from Coastal Surf Club. Wow, it really does. Um, it's a bit rocky, and I, I I do like surf music, even though I don't really play a lot of it on on the program. But yeah, I see what you mean. Um, it's sort of you know got that wave kind of. It makes you want to get up to dance. I mean, how's it received whenever you you play surf music uh, during your 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 DJ sets? Yeah, they, they really did get it, especially, like I said, uh, just being a junkie. They really wanted some crunchy guitars. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's some cool mute music, and they have the drums, and gets people up and moving. So, yeah, good stuff. absolutely. Right, and we've got one final piece as well. Uh, it's called Loving Spoonful. Yeah. What's that, and what's the backstory to, to that song? So, I host the Critical Music Club. It's every Sunday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., and it's on Vuv or Tencent meeting here in mainland China. And everyone um, is welcome to tune in. If they have Vuv, they can uh, look up uh, Toujam, T-O-U-J-A-M, on Facebook, or just search the Critical Music Club or contact me at Brian Offen there on Facebook, and I'm happy to get them linked up. We have people joining from all around the world. It's an online music discussion group. And an upcoming guest we have is Steve Boone, the bassist for the Love and Spoonfall. Uh And he was part of this legendary group. I'm sure even if people don't know the name Love and Spoonfall, they know some of the big hits like Do You Believe in Magic. But uh, this is a a song that he co-wrote with the the band's lead singer, John Sebastian, and plays bass on. And so Steve Boone's an upcoming guest in a couple weeks. And I'd love for some Hong Kong people to join and talk to Steve Boone about some of his great music, including this, one of his most classic tracks. Excellent. And this is Loving Spoonful with You Didn't Have to Be So Nice. I'm sorry. 
There you have it. Loving Spoonful with You Didn't Have to Be So Nice. Brian, thank you so much for, for all your sharing today. Um, so uh, what are you up to for the rest of this month then? What other gigs have you got uh, happening or what other projects are you currently working on? Well, I'm working on going back up to Mongolia in July, but before that I have the Critical Music Club every Sunday, including this Sunday we have an artist from the island of Grenada in the Caribbean, Ledbeck. But um, next time that we talk, I will tell you about an upcoming uh, kind of weekend tour where I'm going to go to Tianjin, a municipality outside of Beijing, and Hebei province, where I'll go to the city of Baoding. And it should be a good time. Thank you so much to your listeners and to you for having me. Thank you so much, Brian. And we'll chat again uh, in a couple of weeks' time uh, in February. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye, Doreen. It's not over yet. Tell me